Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey guys, I'm so glad that it seems like most of you guys are doing well during this uh, difficult time. I, uh, I'm kind of rusty when it comes to doing uh, church online, to be honest. Uh, we haven't had our personal uh, one-on-one live groups in quite some time. Hey, Edward, Julian, <laughs> uh, and Lauren and Tamara from the other room. I'm glad that you guys could be a part. Hey, Nathan, it's good to see you. Um, this has been a crazy, crazy week for me. I know that it's been pretty crazy for most of you as well. And um, with everything that's going on, uh, just about all churches right now are meeting online like this. And um, there's just, uh, I feel like, some unrest, uh, some negligence too. Uh, but I want I want us to just kind of take a moment to, to breathe and to really, um, through all of this, a lot of states going through forced, uh, forced quarantining, um, our, uh, most states closing most things down. Uh, you can't go to uh, certain restaurants. You can't go to, to places that we normally go to. You can't go work out. Um, and through all of this, it seems like we're being forced to rest. And I feel like no one is really able to rest like this. It, there's so much anxiety and just waiting and what's next. And that's the question I want to really ask us today is what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? And especially when it comes to being uh, forced to stay home, what are we supposed to do right now? Um, what are we supposed to do in our, with our jobs, with our families? Um, hey, Dean, Mary Kate, glad y'all could be a part. <clears throat> and uh, we have a lot of, uh, even though it's one tone that is happening throughout our, our world right now, there's several different things that, are within our current situation, like um, besides just the coronavirus itself, but social distancing, quarantining, finances, our needs, our future, our worries, um, uh, just our our sanity, right? And there's uh, there's such a an anticipation of what's going to happen next. What are we supposed to do? And you know, when it comes to this chaos that we're really experiencing um, for I've heard so many different uh, perspectives about the current situation that we're in and the two extremes are really um, this is the end of the world or this is nothing everyone's overreacting and I really believe that in chaos it it doesn't bring about anything new but it brings about the things that are already within us when you see people panicking, you see the the fear that was already within them. When you see people not caring at all, it's really not that much different than their normal character with other situations. Y'all get what I'm saying? This, this chaos, the situation that we're going through, is really bringing about what's deep within our hearts. Whether it's fear, selfishness, compassion, bravery, confidence etc. All these things were already within us, but now we're seeing them highlighted and magnified in all the people in our communities. 
when we when we see people hoarding and uh for for our uh, luckily there people are mainly hoarding um conveniences and panicking over conveniences like toilet paper and not having to fight over food i mean what a what a third world uh way to panic right we're fighting over conveniences instead of necessities and you see this this type of panic and hoarding and a, a type of selfishness that is instilled and it's something that was deep within people's hearts that is now just being seen. And when it comes to that fear, it's the same way. And when you look on the other spectrum and you see this, this great compassion coming from others, you know, people that are really concerned about others' well-being. You know, in my neighborhood, we have an, an app to where our neighbors are able to communicate with each other. And I've been seeing people volunteering to get people food, volunteering to go to the grocery store for them, people offering, saying, hey, I have extra this, I have extra that. Does anybody need any? And you see this compassion that just starts coming out of nowhere. And again, it's, it's that compassion that was already in those people, but through this chaos, it's brought out to where it's seen. And all that this situation is doing is revealing what's really deep within our hearts. And I want you to ask yourself, what is it that you have been experiencing? What is, what is it that's been coming out of your heart through all this chaos? Has it been fear? Has it been panic? Has it been negligence? Has it been just avoiding the situation altogether? Has it been something? There has to be something that has come out of this. What is it for you? I want to say hey and good morning to Eddie. Good to see you. Crystal, thanks for joining. Um, Emmy, glad you could be a part. It's good to see all you guys. Um, and so with that, that, that question to kind of start us off of looking at what are we supposed to do and what is it that has been brought out of your heart through this chaos? What is coming up to you? And I want us to kind of go through this, this time of whatever it is of God letting God really deal with that thing in your heart. You know, I'll be I'll be honest with you guys. There has been a a a, a bit of I feel like a little I've been a little bit of everything. I've been confident, I've been anxious. I've I've felt um compassion and I felt that 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 selfishness. I've gone through the all these different emotions and I'm like, wow, I I didn't realize how much of that was really there. And kind of going through different emotions, I want us to just kind of go through a, uh, a little list here of choosing this over this, this over that. And the first thing I want to, uh, before going into that list, I want to uh, share this verse in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. It says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, for even here in the wilderness, or even here in the wilderness, they complained, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. You know, this verse I feel like is so um, connected to what we're going through right now because in this situation, it was, it was the people of Israel about to go to their first battle 
into entering the promised land. And they sent 12 spies to look at the land before going. 10 out of the 12 spies brought back a report saying, there's no way in hell we're going to be able to take this city. They're going to kill us. There's no way we can attack them. We're not strong enough. And the other two spies were confident that God had made them a promise and was going to keep that promise. Well, the people ended up listening to the 10 spies with the negative report instead of the ones who had faith. And this is their response, just complete panic, anxiety. We need to choose a new leader. We, we have to do something. And notice that in this, this little excerpt that they're saying it would be better for us to have died in the wilderness or even uh, back at Egypt. If they're, if they're concerned about where they're going to die, I mean, think about that for a second. They're saying it'd be better for us to die yesterday than, than tomorrow. And what is that really showing in their hearts? It's a glimpse of complete anxiety of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. Not knowing what's going to happen the next day when if the plan is really going to work or if it's going to just uh, take over everybody, if it's going to be worse than they expected. That is the fear and the anxiety that's coming out of their hearts right now to where what they're saying really doesn't even make sense. And with that being said, I really think that it applies to where a lot of people are at today is that there's this undertone of anxiety, whether we're trying to avoid this, this, this panic altogether or we're, whether we're engulfed in it, there's an anxiety that is forming over um, so many people in this world whether it's subtle or strong. And it, and now we're told to just stay by ourselves and wait. I mean, I don't know about you, but my experience with anxiety is that the more that I'm alone to think about it, the the, the crazier that it's going to get, the the harder that it gets. Um, <clears throat> sorry, guys, we have to go back on Instagram. Um, the, sorry, Instagram, we lost a uh, connection, but uh, we're back. <clears throat> But what I was saying is that when it comes to anxiety, when I have to be alone for anxiety, it, it makes that anxiety just grow and grow and grow. And, and that's exactly what we're, we have to do right now is just let that anxiety just grow as we're alone, social distancing, and just wondering what if, what if, what if, what's next, what's next, what's next, what are we supposed to do? And so with that note, I want us to go into the the we're going to talk about six different ideas of choosing this over that first one is choosing to be mindful instead of giving into madness choosing to be mindful instead of giving into madness and there's two extremes that we go through either extreme fear that dominates our thoughts and overwhelms every single decision and then there's extreme negligence where it's just burying your head in the sand and trying to just with denial and avoiding the situation altogether. Both extremes are so unhealthy, incredibly unhealthy to go to either extreme fear or extreme negligence. We cannot just bury our heads in the sand and just pretend like this is not happening like that. It's not real. And we also can't just be given into complete fear to where we're getting into fights with people at the grocery store over trivial things. Um, and where we're losing, where we lose our humanity. And again, like that question I asked at the beginning, what's been coming out of your heart through all of this, whether it's 
whether it's passivity, trying to avoid everything altogether, I think that that would be a sign that if we avoid, if we're trying to avoid the news, if we're trying to avoid this situation, I think that it shows that we have that procrastination in our work and our family that we try to avoid confrontation, doesn't it? And if we have this fear and panic to where we're, we're uh, pushing people out of the way at the store in our minds to get something because it's the last one, well, that shows that there's a huge fear within us of, of God not being able to provide, not being able to protect, and not knowing what's going to happen next. <clears throat> and instead of giving into that madness of either one of those extremes, we have to stop that madness and go to a mindful spirit. I want to really emphasize a mindful spirit, really seeing with our spiritual eyes, our spiritual heart, and looking at it and thinking and and praying with intention and a sober decision making. We have to go about with a mindful spirit of prayer, uh, intention, and, and sober decision making. Instead of just going and doing something because you're scared, really praying and thinking God, and asking God, what, what do I need to do next? God, lead me in my decisions. And, and really trying to be intentional about what you're doing. <clears throat> and and really making a sober decision that's not based off of fear or not based off of you trying to procrastinate a decision because you 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 really just don't want to deal with it. <clears throat> What's up, uh, John? Glad you could be a part. Uh, it's good to see you. Eric, it's good to see you too. Steven, <clears throat> it's good to see all you guys. I'm glad that you guys are t- tuning in today. And <clears throat> so that, that first idea of being mindful instead of madness. Don't give in to your emotions, whatever extreme it is, and just really take a moment to take a step back and be mindful of what you're really thinking, be mindful of what you're really feeling, and process it with prayer, with intention, and then make a sober decision that's not based on just how you feel at that moment. Now, the second thing I want us to address is preparedness versus panic. Preparedness versus panic. You know, I there's there's a lot of different um, there's a lot of different ideas when it and opinions when it comes to everything going on, and living in a state of panic is never a health is never healthy for an individual or a community, but being prepared is. And I want to uh, I guess to this note even talk specifically about the idea of hoarding, the idea of, of people freaking out, uh, the idea of people trying to go multiple times to the grocery store to stock up for, you know, a bunker. <laughs> um, and there's a it's, a, it's almost like we're trying to find a line between being prepared and panicking. And I want to give a couple of examples in the Bible about being prepared and panic. There's two ends of the spectrum to where there's uh, there's one idea to where people say, well, if you try to uh, if you try to get extra groceries or if you try to do um, get more things than you need usually, then you're not really trusting God to provide. And then there's the other idea that um, if you uh, if you don't do something now, you're not going to have any left. And there's not going to be any for you. And there's it's just like this. Either again, it's kind of that same tone of either avoiding the situation or just letting fear give into it. 
and I want to give two ideas. Um, first, to address this idea about it is being prepared biblical, is, is storing things in your cabinet biblical. And at first glance, a lot of people I've heard have said, no, you shouldn't. It, that's just giving into fear over faith. You shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't worry about those things. God's going to bring you through. I do believe in a sovereign God, of course. But look at the story of Joseph when God told him to prepare for famine in the land that was going to last seven years. God literally instructed Joseph to prepare and to to store things for the entire country for for the for the salvation of people for people's well-being and livelihood and i want you to really think about that that god told pharaoh told jo- through joseph to prepare by by storing things for later and so it is not a a, a lack of faith to to feel like you need to prepare for something now the other spectrum of of living by fear and hoarding is there's an ex, there's several examples with Israel the time where uh, God was giving Israel manna from heaven and he said only take enough for today don't worry uh, and there'll be some tomorrow don't take extra or it will spoil and it shows how people would still try to take extra for the next day and it and the next day it was it was not able to be used because why did they go against what God told them to do? Because they were afraid they weren't going to have any the next day. They, even though God said he was going to provide the next day, they were still afraid that there wasn't going to be anything the next day. That's a view of panic in doing something that even though you don't need to. I want, I want to emphasize doing something when you don't need to. Now, a, another example of of type of panic is when uh, Israel started qu- crying out for for meat. They were tired of the manna, and it, and God sent a, a flood of quail to feed all the people. And it and it said that people it was this uh, valley of gluttony because people started eating so much to where it was they weren't even hungry. They were just panicking because they didn't know if they're gonna how much food was gonna be left after everyone ate. And so they just kept eating even though they didn't need to. See, these are decisions of panic and every time there's panic the community suffered not only the individual that panicked but the community suffered and when you look at those stories in particular you can read about it and see how the whole community was affected by this panic lifestyle to where uh, it led to uselessness to waste even death and and even in this situation that I read about with the Israelites I want you to think about how in this story, the the verses that I read at the very beginning of Numbers, it said that they started freaking out and says, we, how are we, we should have died in the wilderness. How are we going to get through this? And they started saying, we need to choose a new leader. And they tried to, they went through this process of trying to do something right now to fix something for tomorrow when they didn't even know what was going to happen tomorrow. And the truth was that if they would have just trusted God, Nothing was wrong. Nothing at all was wrong in their situation. But because of their panic, they made decisions that were unnecessary. And instead of helping themselves, ended up hurting themselves. Instead of helping others, their selfish, fearful decisions caused them to hurt the entire community. 
And that's a, the difference between panic and making decisions out of fear and, and from preparedness. One story had a time of emergency that called for it, while the other was purely motivated by panic, worry, and doubt during a time of normality to where nothing was even happening at the time. And so applying that to our current situation, there is a balance that we need to have, guys. There is a balance of trying to, uh, it's okay to try to prepare and get groceries for the next couple weeks because we, not that we're not going to have groceries. Uh, if you, I, I've had to go to the grocery store multiple times and guys, I've been so encouraged that when I go in the morning at eight o'clock when the, when the doors are open, I'll be honest, the first time I went, I was, I got afraid the first time I went to the grocery store at night, I got afraid that there was when I saw that there's nothing on the shelves, and I I panicked. I'll be honest. I started thinking, how am I going to feed my family? I freaked out. Well, the next time I went, I went when uh, I heard that they that H E B S uh, our local grocery markets um, restocks at night. They open at eight in the morning. That there's a line all the way outside. I showed up. The line was long all the way from door to the other door outside and I was I, as soon as I pulled up I was starting to get all worried and freaked out and when I went in and and uh, was in the the Congo line of trying to get uh, different things um, I, I saw that the shelves were completely stocked and that was one of the most encouraging things to know it that the shelves were being stocked every day I, that was a huge encouragement to me and and it's one it's one thing to go and and be prepared and i and it's okay to get things for the next couple of weeks because main reason it's a lot harder than because of the emergency situation that we're in it's a lot harder to just go to the grocery store and pick up it, your daily things my dad usually goes to the grocery store every day for his food that day now he has to go and get stuff for a week or two it's it's just the time that we're in but going in a form of panic, of being afraid that the grocery stores are going to close down, being afraid that, uh, and letting that fear control you. I'm not trying to say that they're not going to close down. I'm not trying to predict the future, but we're not at that level right now. And it's one thing to be in a panic mode to where you're hoarding so much that others cannot get any compared to being prepared knowing what you critically thinking and prayerfully making a decision how much you need of whatever it is for the next couple weeks it's really just a mindset of wanting to be prepared versus panicking and trying to get things that you don't even need i hope y'all feel what i'm saying in this and just i want there to be um a grace given to people who are trying to prepare and I want there to be a rest and, and a calming over the people that have been panicking. It, it's it's going to be okay. God is is our God. He is sovereign and, and he can bring us through all this. <clears throat> so now, with all that being said, I want to talk about being caring versus being critical. And I'm going to speak a lot to our generation of millennials. Millennials, if you don't know range anywhere from 22, 23, all the way into early 40s. And so it, the biggest differentiator for a millennial and a baby boomer is uh, 
is the, the times that we have experienced. And the younger than 22, that is actually Generation Z. The biggest differentiator between Generation Z and Millennials is remembering 9-11. So I hope that gives a clear idea of when I say I'm trying to speak to this generation. And I want to really speak on this idea of being caring versus being critical. Our generation has become incredibly critical and unhelpful to problems, to people, and possibilities. Rather than trying to outsmart an issue or idea, why not instead outheart the idea or issue? And I wanna, I wanna really take a moment to, uh, to talk about this, guys. Let's be honest, we are one of the most critical, opinionated generations of history. We have an idea, an opinion, and critical thought about almost everything. We're living in a time where before our generations before us, we did not have reviews from ordinary people able to give critiques and critical comments on a restaurant. It was only done by professionals in a newspaper or something before our time. But now anybody could write a review and it's either love it or hate it. And, and we're, we're also the generation where social media really started. And it gave rise to so much thought and so much opinion. And don't get me wrong, your opinions, our opinions are valuable and they are necessary. But if we were to be honest, are we not overly critical to others? But when it's us, we want extended grace. We're like, well, I didn't know. Go easy on me. It's a classic scenario that when someone cuts you off on the road, what an idiot. But when you accidentally cut somebody off, you're like, hey, chill out. Don't honk at me. It was an accident. And when it comes to this situation, we as a generation have been so critical about so many issues. And we really think that we're smarter than we really are. Let's be honest, guys, myself included. We think we are smarter than everybody else. And when we could watch the news and we think that we know what's really going on. We think we know better than experts. We, when it comes to even just church, when it comes to studies, anything, we watch a couple podcasts or a couple YouTube videos and we feel like we know better than people have spent years of experience doing some of these things, teaching some of these things. And all of a sudden we become an expert. I don't know how many times I've had conversations with Christians and I'm a pastor. I've been studying the Bible for, for uh, nearly uh, for a decade now. And people who haven't even read the Bible all the way through are telling me what's in there and how to interpret it. It's like, why don't you finish reading it first? <laughs> and what I'm getting at is that with this situation, let us just admit that we do not really know everything going on. We do not really know what, what is going on. Not just about this situation, and even when it comes to the other normal aspects of our lives, when it comes to our jobs. I mean, have you ever wanted a promotion and you thought you knew so much better than the person that had the job before you? And once you stepped in that position, you're like, oh man, now I know why they would do this. Now I know why they would say this. Man, this is harder than I thought. It, it's just like the parenting. 
when you're younger, you think, well, when I am a parent, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. But once you're actually a parent, you're like, dang, I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't believe how hard this is. And it's so much different than before you were actually doing it. And we really need to chill out on our tongue and what we say and how quick we are to say it. We need to do a devotional of the book of James. Our generation needs to go through James and read it a dozen times where it talks about how our mouths are set on fire by the pits of hell. I mean, it it is so true in our generation, the way that we talk, the way that we slander, the way that we review and critique and are critical of every little thing. We need to chill out. And rather than trying to outsmart the news, outsmart the coronavirus, outsmart the people at the grocery store, and think that we really know what's going on and, and think that we're smarter than everybody else, wouldn't it be better when you go before God, instead of saying, I was smarter than everybody else, God, I had, I, that's why I said what I said, I knew what I knew. Instead of that, wouldn't it be better to go to God and say, God, I really didn't know what I, what I was experiencing, but I cared in this way. I, I, instead, I prayed for it instead of talk about it. I did something instead of just talk about something. And this idea of outharding an issue instead of outsmarting an issue is pray for it more than you talk about it. <clears throat> example, talking uh, a perfect example about this that I, I think about all the time is our generation is all, uh, which is a good thing about being eco-friendly. I hear dozens and dozens of my generation talking about being good for the environment purchasing and buying things that are good for the environment. I rarely, if ever, hear my generation actually participate in a cleanup. Baby boomers, they'll, they've participated in cleanups dozens of times. They've been a part of being hands-on in cleaning up a community from trash. My generation, we're more so about buying or purchasing our way into making a difference. I buy this to make it better for the environment. I just pay a little bit more so that I feel like I'm making a difference rather than actually having to go and get my hands dirty to make a difference. I really want to project this idea to us guys that we should care more than we are when uh, we should care through our actions more than we in our prayers more than we do talk about something so critically. We need to look at how we can actually put others before ourselves instead of our intellect over others. We constantly want to put our minds over somebody else and thinking we know more than them, that we're smarter than them, that we should give them advice because we know better. Instead of just putting your intellect over somebody else, why don't you just let that person be over yourself and put them before you and caring about them, praying for them, just being a a heart of Jesus to that person instead of, being the accuser of the brethren. <clears throat> I hope that you guys feel the heart of what I'm saying behind that. Now, I want us to go into this next part, and I think it applies to everybody when it comes to finding solitude instead of sedentary. And what I'm talking about is this time that we are being forced to distance ourselves socially from everybody else. At I don't know about you guys, but We've already run out of things to clean. We're running out of things to organize. 
We went through, I went through my garage like three days ago and I, it looks really nice now. We went through our cabinets, our, uh, my wife, she poured out all of her dresser drawers and reorganized how she folded all of her clothes in her dressers. Guys, that's like a miracle. I've been praying for that. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is that we are really, uh, we're going to run out of things to clean, organize. Um, there's only so many hobbies and the truth is, uh, some of us, we haven't even got to cleaning or anything yet. We're just like, oh man, finally I can relax. And maybe you've just been binge watching Netflix or Hulu and you've just been, you know, just really chill, chilling out. And I want to really just bring with this time that we're being forced to really isolate ourselves. I want us to really look at this as a time for an opportunity of extreme growth within yourself. Extreme growth or getting extreme bed sores. That's really, that's the only thing that's gonna happen from all this. You're gonna really be able to find some personal growth through some solitude and finding, um, finding those, those moments of devotion and those times to, uh, to grow personally and work on your heart like I, I mentioned at the beginning of this message, working on those things that have been brought out of your heart through this chaos, or you're going to just find escape and just get bed sores from trying, from not doing anything. You know, most entrepreneurs fail because they cannot stick to their own schedule. When they don't, most people fail at it because when they don't have somebody forcing them to be somewhere at a certain time, when they are not forced by by losing their job or, or uh, getting um, getting in trouble, most entrepreneurs fail because they end up pushing off to the next day, to the next day, to the next day. They don't wake up on time. They 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 sleep in. They don't get done what they wanted to get done because no one's holding them to it through accountability. And through this time. We can really either find solitude or, like I said, those bed sores from just not doing anything. And when I say bed sores, I mean it's going to be sore when we try to go back to our lifestyle. You're going to feel sore spiritually when, when we're able to go in person to church again. You're, you're going to really feel the soreness of not doing anything all this time. And so we need to look at it as being a time of solitude where God wants to work on our hearts. God wants to work on ourselves during this time. It's like the idea, it's not okay to be lonely, but it is good and healthy to be alone sometimes. It's this time of solitude. Let's look at it like that. And don't let tomorrow turn into next year. And today is a day of growing in yourself. Tomorrow is too far away. Tomorrow is way too far away. If you choose to relax instead of rest, big difference, resting in God, you will be far more behind in your spiritual development. We have to really make a decision to not push off to the next day, to the next day, to the next day, and let today be a valuable day. Let today be a day of purpose and meaning a day of salvation. That's truly what it is. Today is a day of salvation. And we have to look at today as a meaningful, valuable day. <clears throat> now, going from solitude to uh, sed uh, over sedentary, 
We're going to go into acceptance over control. And I just want to thank uh, Lucy. Glad you could be a part. Thanks for all your comments. Crystal, relating to what we're talking about. Mary-Kate, I saw y'all's, uh, all y'all's likes and hearts. Thank you. Uh, Matt, it's good to see you on here. I hope you're doing okay. <clears throat> um, Julian's laughing at what I said about Lauren's dresser drawers. Um, I want to thank all you guys for being a part of engaging today online. Now, going into acceptance instead of control. Now, what I'm going to project is that anxiety is actually a good tap of realizing that you are not in control of something. And now anxiety can is not a healthy thing, of course. And the idea the anxiety is anxiety is really the 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 realization of lack of control and feeling powerless about it. Now, what I'm saying is anxiety being a good tap of realizing that we're not in control of something. With the abundance of anxiety most of us are feeling, it has made us aware of something that was honestly just as true as it was the day before. And that is we're not in control. And that tomorrow is not guaranteed. That's the biggest anxiety that that Americans and the world is feeling right now is not being in control whatsoever. That tomorrow is not guaranteed. And this is something that was honestly true before all of this has happened. We have never been in control, even though we thought we were. Really take a moment to think of all the things that you're really in control of. And when it gets when you get down to it, the only thing you're in control is in control of is your actions. You're not even really in control of yourself. You you can't turn one hair gray or black. You you don't even have control over your own hair unless you dye it, right? And even then, it, it's a limited control. When it comes to what what we eat, it's you could say you have control, but even like right now, we don't really have control of what we are able to get at the grocery store. Do you understand that? Control is something that we never really had in the first place. We just had an illusion of it. And rather than letting that this idea mess with you over and over in your head, change your perspective and let acceptance come to your heart. Let acceptance come to your heart and, and change your perspective about this lack of control. This idea that tomorrow is not guaranteed. Stop letting it mess with your mind. Stop letting it make you afraid. Listen to Lauren's message last week. She talked about this in such a great way of how, how to stop fear from just growing and growing in your heart. But I want us to, to look at this idea of accepting what we're really going through. Accepting the idea that you don't have control and that you never really did. And now let's go into a different perspective. If tomorrow is not guaranteed, what would our perspective be like today? How would I talk or treat my mom, my dad? If tomorrow is not guaranteed, if I don't have control of anything, how would I talk to my spouse? How would I treat her today? How would I treat him today? How would I react to my kids when they want my attention? Y'all understand what I'm getting at? Changing our perspective getting rid of all the anxious thoughts and, and getting it into a place where we're actually present in the moment 
rather than being so anxious about the next one. And I'm going through these different ideas and if, if tomorrow's not guaranteed, if I don't have any control, would I still want to waste the day on Netflix? Would I still want to waste the day just scrolling through social media? Would I really want to waste the day playing video games? Is that how I really want to spend this day if tomorrow's not guaranteed? Would I want to say what I really feel? Would I want to forgive this person? Would I want to mend that relationship with my family member? Would I want to finally just forgive them? How would I love my spouse today? How would I show my kids that I value them, that I love them, that I care about them, if that was the case? And finally, how would I worship God? How would I really respond when I feel like God is calling me to something, telling me something? How would I respond differently? How would I worship if I were to just accept that I was never in control, that I'm living minute by minute, day by day, and that 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 God is still walking with me through that. Let's change our perspective and try to see this time in that way. Hold your kids tighter. Call your mom, call your dad, call your kid, call call whoever. And in the moment where you feel like you need to worship or you feel like you need to pray or you feel like you need to read the Bible, you need to do something, do it. Just do it and it, and let the present be right now. Let the present be right now. And the final thing that we're going to uh, go over is the idea of determination instead of escape. And what I'm saying is if we do not determine ourselves to devotion instead of, place of places of escape, we will unknowingly escape from God's presence. And when I was preparing this, it made me think about when Jesus was still a boy. And it said that <clears throat> during, um, during the festival and the, the, that him and his, all of his families were traveling. And there's a point where it said that Jesus had, had left them and that his parents didn't even realize that he was gone. And it wasn't until a long, like days later that they realized Jesus was not among their relatives in the crowd. And they, this is a story where they go back and they find him in the temple and he was talking with the, the priest and, and asking questions. And they say, why did you have us worried? And he said, shouldn't you have known that I was going to be in my father's house? And so that's that story. But the biggest point I want to get across is that when we are so caught up in the festivities of escape, when we're so caught up in trying to just enjoy the, the escape and not having to work and not having to, to be responsible, we won't even realize that Jesus isn't with us anymore. And you've seen it. You've seen it in your own lives, in your own, your own days, to where one day turns to the next, one missed Sunday turns to the next missed Sunday, one, one, one day of prayer turns to the next day of missed prayer. And and all of a sudden you realize that you're farther from God than you were. And it just, it seems like it happened overnight, but it happened over a long period of time. And it's those moments that we choose to escape instead of really determined to be present with God right now. And escape is really not true rest. What are forms of escape? Just binge watching Netflix, 
binge watching Hulu, trying to watch TV, movies, <clears throat> video games, even exercise, even working out, even seemingly healthy things. Sometimes those are places of escape to us because we don't want to process our emotions. We don't want to process our spirit. And so we go to these places so that we don't have to think about things where we just go into this 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 place of numbness where we're we're not people we're just we're just enjoying something and while these places of escape I'm not like saying don't ever watch Netflix again of course not while that they it can be healthy in moderation when we if we go through this in time of forced isolation and, and social distancing and just go to these places of escape the whole time you are going to walk away from God without realizing it. And I want to even project this idea to you. A lot of us are tired and a lot of us are are exhausted from our lives at work. And this seems like, oh, I've heard most, most young people said this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I don't have to go to school. I don't have to go to work. I have to, I'm being forced to stay home. This is great. <laughs> and the the reality is you can spend an entire day and escape. You can spend an entire day watching Netflix, going through that entire, all the series of Better Call Saul, go through all the series that you want, play video games 10 hours a day, just just complete escape. You can do all of that and at the end of the day, you will feel even worse than you did the day before. You'll feel even worse than when you were working in and 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 going out and about you'll feel so much worse it's where at the end of the day you feel worse emotionally you feel uh, like you don't have purpose you and if you do it so long you just get down and down and down even with my kids I notice that when they play video games a lot and they they get into this like they get sassy and <laughs> and whenever I ground them and they can't play any video games or take away their phones I'm telling you guys, I see a complete, maybe they're trying to butter me up, but they really, they seem happier when I take away those places of escape. And I want to really, you will feel worse at the end of the day if you spend the entire day in that place of escape. It's like that, that binge watch feeling at the end of the night and you're like, I feel horrible. I don't know why I couldn't, I just couldn't stop myself and you feel so ugly after it all. And Instead, if you're to spend a moment, 10, 30 minutes in God's presence instead, you will feel a complete change in yourself and in your situation, in your heart. You will literally feel a difference in just 10 minutes of worship. Just take aside half an hour, 30 minutes to read the Bible, to pray, to worship. Put on a, you don't know what worship song to to listen to, go onto YouTube and just type in worship songs. And I'm telling you, just doing 10 minutes, I mean, you think 10 minutes is long, 30 minutes is too long. Guys, how long do we just sit there in that place of escape? I mean, I, my kids, they can play two hours of video games. And when I say, come do your chores, I, say, I just started. <laughs> they, they were just getting into it. And I, to take aside 10, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to go in a time with God, I'm telling you, you will feel so much more alive. You will feel so much more at peace. And you will find true rest in this, going to God, instead of trying to go to those places of escape. 
Just try it. Just try it. And I really believe that during this time, that God can use this time of solitude that we're all being forced into to really find our relationship with God again. I mean, we are so used to getting into routines and ruts to where our relationship with God is just meeting Him at church on Sunday. This is a time for us to learn how to find God on a daily basis, a, a, a time, an opportunity for us to really grow in our hearts and our spirits and to find out who our Creator is. This is your moment to truly find a devotion to God in your life. It is, isn't it tiring to just have this pathetic relationship with God to where you call him on, you know, on the holidays? It's not enough. It, it feels like a, a, I don't know, like a stepdad that feels like you don't really, y'all don't really love each other. You just talk to each other because you have to. N nothing against stepdads. I don't have a stepdad. I don't know what that would be like. I'm just trying to give an example. But what I'm getting at is that you 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 want to have something so much more potent than you can, but it requires an interaction, a communication. And during this time, don't just run away to those places of escape, but determine to find a devotion life in your life. This is a moment. This is the moment to really get out of God what you need from Him. And that's a relationship. That's His presence. Guys, the other day, just yesterday, me and my wife, we set up this, this new schedule for our kids. And we have this time of worship with our, our babies in, in the morning. And we just said, all right, let's take 30 minutes to where we worship together as a family. And I'm telling you guys, I felt like just all of this, all of this weight that I was carrying um, from everything going on just melts off in those moments. And a good tap of the softness of your heart is when God brings you to tears in moments of worship. You don't even really know why you're crying, but you just tears start coming out of your eyes. That's a moment where God is speaking to your heart and he's ministering to you. And if it's been a long time, maybe never, where you feel like God has brought you to tears in His presence, then what I want to project to you, and I've been through moments like that myself, that that's, a, that's an indicator of our hearts being hard. Especially when we don't care about having that relationship with God, if we don't care about having wanting to, to be in His presence, that's an indicator that our hearts have grown hard. And... I want to read this final verse in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. This is one of my favorite verses of the Bible because I'm a, I'm a textbook overthinker. And it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. That is the most amazing, powerful verse because it is Jesus himself saying, just come to me and I'll teach you myself. You've, you want to learn more about God. You want to learn more about spiritual things. Come to me and I'll teach you myself, Jesus is saying. You have all these worries and cares. I'm the best counselor. I'm the best person to go to with your problems. And I'm telling you, if you haven't done this before, you have to try it. Just go to God. For me, I don't even feel like I have the words to speak in prayer anymore. I just have to go into worship. I just go into worship 
And it's almost like I don't even have to ask God or tell God anything in the time of worship. He already knows what I need before I could even say it. And he just does something powerful with his presence. And you got to experience it for yourself. Today, why, why even wait for another day? Why wait till tomorrow? Why wait till this evening? What are you doing right now besides watching this? Why not just right when we're done, taking a moment and just turning on that YouTube channel of worship I told you. If you have your own playlist, and great. But just go and go into a time of worship. And take 10 minutes. If you, if you want to go longer, then go. Have at it. But why don't you just take that challenge of taking 10 minutes to just worship God. You don't even have to ask God for anything. You don't have to pray for anything. Don't, don't even tell God, make me a better Christian. I'm so bad. I suck. Blah, blah, blah. Don't even do all that. Just go to God and just worship Him. Don't worry about your insecurities. Don't worry about your doubts. Don't worry about any of that. Just go to God and worship. And I'm telling you, there's a breakthrough for you there. Just in that. It's in His presence in his presence, that there is so much victory and so much power. Honestly, go to that and just spend 10 minutes of worship. And I bet you that you, you want to take an extra five, an extra couple minutes, just to be in that time of worship in his presence. And don't worry. Like I said, don't worry about trying to get right with God in five minutes before you can worship him. Just go to God and worship as you are. The blood of Jesus is for, is for that reason. So you can just go to before the throne Say, God, I just want to, I want to experience worship of you, of the God of the universe. And all that being said, I want us to just end in prayer. And I want you to, if you are maybe listening to this and you feel like, man, this is what I needed to hear today. I really, I need this relationship with God. And I want you to just make a commitment right now. Just make a commitment in your heart. Even say it out loud, saying, I'm doing this. And the Bible makes it so abundantly clear of how to start this journey with God. Whether you've been away from God for a long time or whether it's something you've never really had before, the Bible makes it so clear in how to start, how to reset. And it's, it's simple. It says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus rose from the dead, then surely you sh shall be saved. Meaning you'll start this, you'll be saved from all that you're in right now. Not only will you be saved for eternity, but you'll be saved from everything, all that junk right now by being able to just go to Him, being able to, to go enter into His presence. And so if that's you, I want you to just make a prayer and, and, and pray to your, right where you're at and say, God, I need you and I know that. I've known it for a while, but I've been avoiding you because honestly, I'm scared of you. I don't really fully understand you. I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong. But God, I do want to know you. And I want to know you personally. I want to know what it's like to have a relationship with the God of the universe. I want to know why people call you Father. Jesus, I want to know what you saw in me that made you willing to die on the cross. And I want to see the power of the resurrection. I want to see the power of God in my life. I don't want to just be another Christian that is boring and doesn't do anything. I want to really experience the power of God in my life. I want to feel you and your presence when I worship today. Help me to walk this journey today, not tomorrow, today, in Jesus' name. If you prayed that, um, I, I feel like I need to pray that myself. 
if that if that was something that you did today for the very first time, I want you to just be connected with us as a church, and through especially now that we're uh, as of the moment being online, we need to really get better at communicating with one another. We're not able to just see each other in person and feel like we know each other from a Sunday visit now. We have to actually get to know people through communicating and talking. We can't just sit next to them and not even know their name and act like we know them. We're going to actually have to communicate virtually now. And so if you prayed that today, if you were a part of this message, I want you to just message us. And we want to connect with you. You, you are a, a, a valuable person that God loves and cares about. And one thing that God made the church for was for us to have immediate access to community. The most, the, the most important thing in a Christian's life is a relationship with God and a relationship with the church. And when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ. Not a building, not an organization, not a name, but the church, other believers, the community. That is what we're supposed to be connected with. And so if that was you... Uh, or you want to be more connected, please message us and let us know so that we can connect. Um, and with all that being said, you know, um, I know that it kind of goes without saying at this point, but um, we, we're not meeting in person until we have a clear um, idea of what's going to be happening. You know, uh, no one knows what's going on right now, uh, how long this is going to be, if it's going to intensify or if it's going to start to die down. Um, but until then, we're going to be having our services on like, online like this. Um, my wife and I were talking about how we want to reach, um, reach, make more touch points throughout the week, having more online videos. Uh, we'll be letting you guys know. Um, and just know that we want to connect with y'all. Uh, this last week for me, I was, my number one focus was my family and trying to prepare uh, for our family, trying to make sure that my family is going to have food and, and knowing what we need. And, and so now that, that I feel like we've gotten in a place where we're, uh, we're prepared for the next couple of weeks, we're, we're going to start focusing on the next things that we're going to be doing for church, the changes that need to be made um, to be able to best, uh, to best suit what we're all dealing with right now. And with all that being said, if you have it on your hearts to give today, um, you can do that. Um, uh, a major uh, two major ways. You just go to online to gravetop.com, click the gift tab, and you can give online straight from there. You can also download our app uh, um, through the website, and you can give th- that way, or you can give through um, you can give through third party apps like Cash App or Venmo, and uh, you can give that way as well. It's super easy to give online. Um, and uh, and if you're uh, if you want to mail uh, a check in, uh, our ad the mailing address is on the website as well. Um, but with all that being said, you know, speaking to the idea of giving and generosity, you know, I want us to uh, I want us to really be praying for people in need, and and I wish I could tell you that we are a big enough church to be able to meet needs of others, um, but I'm just gonna be really frank with you guys that. Um, we don't really have the capacity to meet uh, to meet needs like that. But if you have it on on your heart to to meet a need and you don't know how to do it, just message us privately and we will we will find people for you to help um, and we will we will join you in in being a blessing to others. And um, I also want to just to speak to the to people that. Um, 
people that are that are out of work right now, that's so terrifying. And there's so, uh, I'll be honest, I've been frustrated with things I've seen um, different churches put. Um, I've seen some churches put, we're, we're not able to meet in person, and um, but you can still drop off your tithes and offerings at, at our uh, office before and after church. And it's, it was kind of disheartening because I feel like that's the, that's, I mean, that's not the first thing on people's minds right now is how am I going to be able to take my, um, my tithes and offerings at church and if I can't give this way or that way. Um, but sorry uh, for Instagram again. But um, I want you to know that, that when it comes to tithing offering, that is still, like I've always said, that's a personal decision between you and God. And in no way do we ever want to be a church that that pressures you or persuades you to do something that you don't want to do. Giving, tithing, offerings, those are all something out of your own heart. And that is a, a personal form of, that is a personal worship between you and God. And it, if it was something that we forced you to do, then it wouldn't be a form of worship because it wouldn't be from your own heart. For me, it's one of my favorite ways of worship because I just, it's my love language. I love giving gifts. And when I give um, t- my tithes, my offerings, I, I truly feel it in my heart as a form of worship. And if, uh, with all that being said, um, I, I just want you guys to know our heart that um, that we, we are praying for you and that uh, we really, we wish that we could help so many people but if you do need help, um, we we want you to be able to message us to where we could either find somebody to to connect you to, or um, at least we could pray for you. But with all that being said, we love you guys so much. Uh, we are praying for y'all through this, and we we care about y'all deeply, and uh, we will continue to meet y'all um, week by week like this. And 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 uh, I hope y'all have stay safe uh, and get. Um, uh, really practice that everything that we did talked about today, and try uh, go go into a time of worship today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Worship God today. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Um, we we care about y'all. Stay safe, and and all that. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.